You're listening to Faith from the Margins, a spirited dialogue into the intersection of faith and identity. Hello, friends. This is Andres, and we want to welcome you to another episode from Faith from the Margins. This week, we have a very special guest. Ademian had the opportunity to interview Dr. Sandra Montes, who is the Dean of Chapel at Union Theological Seminary in New York City. I personally admire Sandra because she is a prophetic voice for our church. Friends, I can't wait for y'all to hear the next part of our conversation. I learned so much from Sandra, but what was most meaningful was at the end when she sang a song. And I'm so grateful for y'all to have the opportunity to hear what is truly coming from her heart, her music. I'm so thankful for the time that we had. Well, actually, friends, this week we're going to be doing something different. And as much as we want you to hear Sandra's song, that's going to be on the second part of this interview, which you will you will be able to hear next week. But let me tell you, what you are going to hear this week, even though it won't be her song, it's still, it's going to be, I'm sure, it's going to open your eyes to what it means to be a woman in this church, a person of color, a musician, a mother, and how Sandra discovered or responded to her call. I'm really excited. I also want to remind you all that you can hear our episodes or you can listen to our episodes on our website, faithfromthemargins.com, or you can subscribe on your favorite pla- um, podcast platform like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, and many, many others. So just look for us, subscribe, and that way, next week, you are not going to miss Sandra's beautiful song. I think now all we can do And the best thing we can do is to hear Dr. Sandra. Here we go. Dr. Sandra it has a lot of accolades behind her name, and I'll let her tell you about herself in just a little bit. But just to highlight a few, she's a mother an author, a dean of a chapel, a community builder, and a creative. And the list (laughs) continues. So Dr. Sandra Montez, welcome to Faith from the Margins. (laughs) Thank you. Love it. (laughs) Awesome. So tell our listening uh, guests uh, a little bit about yourself, who you are, what they should know about you, whatever feels comfortable Mm -hmm. to you, let it flow. But just let us know and let us in a little bit to your world. (laughs) Thank you so much. I love that you added mother first because that truly is who I am first. As a matter of fact, My son, I just, you know, I was just with him and I'm like, you know, just having him in my life is so awesome. And 
Um, I'm a Latina. I'm an immigrant from Peru. I lived in Peru, Guatemala, and then we came to the States. Um, and I've been in the Episcopal Church for over 30 years. Um, I'm a musician. I think that's one of the first things about me that I love, you know, awesome. to share awesome. and, and to talk about. Um, and yeah, I'm a writer and an academic. And right now I'm Dean of Chapel, which is amazing at Union. I don't know if you've heard of Cornell West. Of course we've heard of Cornell you know, West. So I'm like, <laughs> I was <laughs> walking. <laughs> right, exactly. So I'm his colleague. Well, a funny story about that. I was walking my dog okay. in New York and he was moving in. Wow. And so I was walking and I was coming back home. I mean, sweaty, T-shirt, just, you know, just like, okay. But he was there and I said, oh, my God. Oh my God, that's him. Oh my God. And then I thought, wait a second, he's my colleague. I can totally go up to him and go like, okay. hi, I'm Sandra and I'm, you know, Dean of Chapel. So that's, you know, I went up to him and he was like, oh, you know, so I was like, I wasn't just fangirling, but I actually right. had a reason right. to say welcome, et cetera. So that was really cool. So yeah, so that's, I mean, there's so many aspects of me. Right now I make stickers also, which I find really fun. Awesome. <laughs> And, you know, just whenever I look like, okay, nobody's buying, but they make me smile. So I love it. And um, what else? I don't know. I mean, just thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure and an honor. Thank it's you. It's definitely an honor and the honor and privilege is all of ours. So please let our listeners know, uh, how can they find you yeah. and your products and your stickers? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how can they support you? Thank you. You can find me on social media. I'm everywhere. I'm really easy to find Sandra Montes or Sandra T. Montes uh, with my stickers. They're called Stickers Con Sabor, you know, with flavor. So, mm. <laughs> so what was the inspiration behind that? Um, so, okay, so I wrote the book and it was during the pandemic that it was going to drop, right? Mm -hmm. And so I thought, how can I share my little signature, my little thank you to people. So I decided to make stickers that one of my friends called Stignatures mm. uh, because it was just, you know, like a blue background and I just signed them and sent them off to people who had bought the book and wanted a signature. Okay. So, and that's how I started. And I'm like, huh, let me try to make this sticker and then this sticker and then on and on and on and on. So that's how I started with the stickers. <laughs> All right. So I, well, did you bring any? Cause I would love to see them. <gasps> I didn't. So for those Sorry. who aren't here with us today, she doesn't have any, but please follow her on social media and support, support, support. So Sandra, you talked about your book um, and the title of your book is Becoming Real and Thriving in Ministry. Yes. Becoming Real and Thriving in Ministry. I haven't had a chance to uh, purchase the book yet, guys, but please uh, feel free to support Dr. Sandra in, the, in that effort. Um, it seems to be very interesting and I'm hoping that by the time we're done with our conversation today, you will be enlightened and encouraged to purchase and support. So what was the genesis behind starting your text or your, yeah. your, your work, your literary work? Thank you for asking. Um, so, you know, people have invited me to speak throughout my life. And one of the things that I, because I'm a teacher, so I like to have little, you know, like um, things to help us remember. And so for me, I just kept going back to what do we need as ministers or as people, you know, in the world, you know, to share God's love. And so I thought about respect for relationships, excellence, authenticity, and love. Mm -hmm. So I kept talking about those things. So then I, I just made them into real. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I just started talking about that. And I remember I was in uh, Eastern North Carolina, that diocese. 
And a friend of mine, Sonny Brown, after I had spoken, because I spoke really, really a short, I just gave him a short little uh, speech about it. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh my God, I want that book. I want to read more about it. I want to learn more about it. And so I thought, wow, you know, I want to write that book too, you know? So then that sparked, you know, something Then when my friend Eric Law, who has written many, many books and is amazing. um, And I asked him, how do you write your books? And he said, well, I blog a lot. And so when, you know, from my blogs i find more inspiration and i already have chunks written that i can use into a book and i thought huh i write a lot or you know i kind of blog but like on social media so i thought okay maybe that'll help and then i just pitched it to church publishing and they said you know we're interested and that's how it it started so very very it was a surprise it was such a gift you know and i'm just i can't believe it i can't believe i have a book well, I am, <laughs> I can believe you have a book, and I am so grateful that you um, actually put pen to paper to craft those Thank words. Um, so our listeners may not know, but I was going through some of your um, Facebook posts, <laughs> and you're kind of a radical. <laughs> and listeners, I must say, that's kind of putting it mildly. <laughs> uh, uh, Dr. Sandra is actually a prophet in her own right. So with that said, how do you feel your call to be prophetic in this time, especially um, in the Episcopal Church? How do, how do you how do you carry that mantle? Mm. What how do you feel responsible mm-hmm. to carry out that call? Thank you so much for that question. You know, I've been saying these things for many years and I've thought about them before, was afraid to say some things, you know, because of um different reasons. And so during the pandemic though, it really got to the point where I was like, I'm leaving the church. I can't anymore. It's too much. And I was speaking with my, um, I started speaking with a new spiritual director and she said, you know, you're called to call out the church. That is your calling. (laughs) And it was the first time that I had actually thought about it as a calling, which, um, it just, I don't know, it made sense to me all of a sudden. It just helped me to see my posts, my quote-unquote angry posts, or my calling out people as a calling, not just as, I'm angry, and I want everybody to know it. You know, because mm-hmm. one of the things that people don't know, uh, you know, when I post some things, and if I call someone out, like if it is calling a person or an institution out, mm-hmm. it's not I have gone to them first. Oh, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I don't (laughs) just like, Oh, I'm angry because Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. to me, it's not calling out a big corporation. Right. I mean, the Episcopal church is not, that big mm-hmm. so if i call out, but it's big enough in our context yes to make yes. waves <laughs> right so exactly right. but but you know calling out like one institution of the episcopal church it's not like calling out like a you know a car dealership i mean mm-hmm. a huge car mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. so for me i i don't want to harm people mm-hmm. i do want us to change i love the episcopal church so much that i want her to not stay stuck Absolutely. you know and um Absolutely. so anyway so i will definitely go to through those people first and then I share, you know, on social media or more outspokenly, you know, like that. And so, um, so for me, it has been super lonely. You know, people Mm. are very afraid of, you know, speaking out, especially when they're hired by the church. Mm. And, you know, and of course, I mean, my brother's a priest, my dad's a priest, my nephew's wife is a priest. So, you know, I'm, 
it scares me sometimes, you know, of especially like calling out maybe my diocese and stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, wait a second, you know, I'm not being mean about it either. You know, I'm not saying like everybody cancel this church or everybody hate this person. I've already made, you know, like written to people or called people. And to me, it's more like, let's bring this out in the light and let's see how we can get from here to another place. Um, so for me, I'm always offering like, have, let's have conversations. Let's have an ongoing conversation about things that are, are happening in the church. You know, recently, um, when I was talking about this one slate of people that were talking about liturgy, mm -hmm. it was five older white clergy. And to me, and, and it was supposed to talk about what happens later, you know, and I thought, how is that the church? You know, and why are we doing it? And it, it was so close to the anniversary of George Floyd's uh, mm -hmm. murder. So I mm -hmm. thought, what is going on? Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. I, I uh, contacted them first, you know, the people organizing. And I said, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, how, you know, how did it happen that y'all were somewhere and thought, this is great for the Episcopal Church. This is prophetic. Let's do this. I mean, you know, and they, they, they said it was, let's have a wider conversation, but I'm sorry, as I always talk about this one time when I was in this, in this event and the preacher said, you know, the Episcopal church is the white, wider church or something like that. Wow. And so I thought, wow. amen. Cause I was like, right. whiter. Exactly. And then I realized that they were saying wider <laughs> and I was right. like, oh, oh, let me sit down. Cause I'm not saying amen anymore. You know what I mean? So for me, that's yeah. the same thing. It's like, we often think whiter when we really mean wider, so we mean wider, how is it that everybody on your panel lo looks exactly the same? And not only exactly the same, but um, not moving us forward, mm. right? And so that was really, really important to me. So anyway, so from that then came other conversations. And right now we're, you know, we're talking about uh, having an all people of color event to talk about liturgy. So for that's me, amazing. that's really important. You know, how do we get ourselves from one uh, focus into a truly wider Jesus wide focus. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's amazing. I, I appreciate that. I was wondering as you were talking, what does that then look like to have those conversations over and <laughs> over and over again and still and stay in the fight like mm. you must feel like you feel like a broken record mm. so what's been some of the rewards what is what has been some of the blessings you've seen out of coming out of your commitment to this work you know the the big blessings for me are when people uh particularly younger people of color will text me and say because you said this i was able to say that you know, because mm -hmm. you stood up to the Episcopal Church, I was able to stand mm -hmm. up to my priest, mm -hmm. you know, because you did. So those are the things that I'm like, OK, I'm not alone, even though it feels like I'm alone. Mm -hmm. um, so that has been a big, big blessing or people just, you know, writing to me, thanking me um, or people asking me, can you just show up with me? And so, you know, no, them knowing you're going to be there for me. So I think that's important because I often feel very alone. Um, and, you know, I'm 50 now. So now I'm like, oh, wow, you know. You don't even look it. You look good. <laughs> <laughs> she Thank don't look you. at y'all. She don't look it. <laughs> um, okay, let's stay here. Like <laughs> let's stay with us. Uh, but, you know, it's it's I remember when I was in my 30s and mm. being so like, 
I want to say something, but I'm afraid that I'm not going to ever be able to sing again in the church or to speak again in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I understand when I when people younger people especially tell me I'm mm-hmm. so afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, I could lose everything. Wow. And so I always tell them like think about if is it worth it? Mm-hmm. You know, because I know that there are people who cannot wow afford to stand up or to show up i get it i totally understand that and i'm telling you you know anybody who's listening to this ooh, (laughs) (laughs) or maybe not god may be in the god may be in the shakes (laughs) uh but you know it's like anybody listening to it's it's it can be very scary can be very lonely um and it's okay to not want to do it uh, but to know that you want to pray, you know, over, I mean, there's a lot of ways to show up, mm-hmm. you know, and one of them, of course, is we have prayer. We have God. We, I believe in miracles. Mm-hmm. I believe that prayer does work. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I know people sometimes say, oh, you know, prayers, thoughts and prayers don't work. And I'm like, for me, they do, Absolutely. you know, so Absolutely. I, I don't think that, you know, not all of us are called to be right there in people's faces mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah. So anyway, so I just, those are the blessings that I've heard. Mm-hmm. Just people telling me my words have helped them. You know, Absolutely. my showing up has helped them. Uh, or people asking me, okay, Sandra, what do we do? How can we make this better? How can we, you know, we messed up. Now help mm-hmm. us get, you know, forward, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. So, um, yeah. So those are the blessings, you know, that I've gotten through that. That's amazing, Sandra. I think... As a person who's been involved with the church for an extended period of time, and not just the Episcopal Church, but I've been a part of um, a few other Christian denominations and that were um, predominantly um, African-American. Mm-hmm. And so when I came back uh, into the Episcopal Church, um, I knew it comes at a cost yes. <laughs> um, because especially in, in our diocese and um, there. <laughs> there's not much merit back at me. Mm. <laughs> and so um, there, there is work to stand. There's work to speak. There's work to be present. Mm-hmm. Um, and to know that the, the support may be minimal. Mm. The support may be ostracized. Yep. The support may be rebuked. Mm. And so... What to, so to hear you today offer that to know that there are others who are so uh, dependent upon your yes. presence yes. and dependent upon your words. I am mm-hmm. so thankful to know that they have found that in you. Mm, you. And I and I and I hope that our listeners uh, today can know that they can find that in our podcast, mm-hmm. Faith from the Margins, that we're here to lift up. Yes. The voices that are being silenced yes. to lift up the voices that are being rebuked the, mm-hmm. to lift up the voices that have said um, and to cast and to and to rebuke the voices that have said you are not enough mm. to sit mm. to say that have said you are not loved mm-hmm. to rebuke the voices that have said there is no room for you mm. because mm. there is room there is room. there is there is a space where yes. you can be welcomed and received yes. and and blessed yes. and so i am so thankful oh i get chills yeah. just thinking about it <laughs> I, I am so i am so thankful to know that um because of the gifts that you possess mm-hmm. and you're sharing them with 
persons that may be right in set with you, but mm. definitely younger. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit more as you as mm. being the dean at Union. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely want to to thank and to pause um, right there to let our listeners know that there is room, mm. and it's not just a slogan for the Episcopal church that Mm-mm. we welcome all because mm-hmm. you may walk into an Episcopal church and still not feel mm-hmm. it because <laughs> authentic, authenticity is felt. Yes. <laughs> it's not just heard. Right, it's not right. something you can just read about, but yep. you have to really feel it and, mm-hmm. and build and build upon it. Yep. And so it is our hope that you get that listening um, to this mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. today. So let's talk about a little bit, uh, Sandra, let's switch a little bit uh, to talking about being the dean at mm-hmm. Union, how yeah. how did you get there? Oh. How are you loving it? Uh, so yeah. Bring our listeners into your world a little bit about. That. Yeah, so you know, again, God, right? It's I, I felt that there was going to be change in my life. All right, like I felt it in my belly, like mm. I just knew it, and so I was like, "All right, God, okay, there's going to be change." All right, so then there were three positions that I applied for, and I was like, "Okay, one of these for sure." Is gonna, I'm going to get one of these. Mm-mm. All three. No, no. Hell no. Oh, can I say hell? You can say hell no. <laughs> <laughs> we won't edit it out. I promise you. Look for this part. <laughs> and so I was like, wow. So I was down. And they had invited me at Union. They had invited me to be the artist in residence, which okay. I was like, okay, thank you, you know, for a week. Okay. And so, but, but I had just come from three big no, no, no. So I wasn't, you know, I was very excited to be there, totally myself, et cetera. But when I thought about, uh, you know, finding what is it that God is trying to tell me, it just felt like low. Like I just felt like nobody wanted me, like I was not enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring the right gifts, all these mm-hmm. things. So anyway, so I mean, being there with Kelly Brown Douglas, I don't know mm-hmm. if y'all know Kelly Brown Douglas, but mm-hmm. mm, I mean, Powerful. yes, amazing. <laughs> amazing. And then like, yeah. Miguel Escobar also is just amazing. So anyway, so I had had this great week. And, um, and so, and that was that. You know, that was that. They had said, well, maybe we can find some money for you to come here for, you know, for EDS at Union and uh, because they were just starting, et cetera. But, you know, unless I've signed something, I'm like, I'm not holding my breath, right, for anything. Okay. So that was that. And then um, all of a sudden I get a phone call that's like, hey, the president wants to talk to you. And they were like, hey, we need an interim uh, director of worship. Are you available? And I was like, um, to be in New York for like 10 months and live there? Uh, yes, yes, I'm available. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. So that's how it all started. So I was an interim there and it was amazing. I mean, it was just the freedom that is at that seminary. Um, mm. And, you know, having only seen either evangelical or Episcopal um, seminaries. It was so different. It was so open. It was very diverse. It's been such an amazing journey. And uh, when they opened up the position, um, they wanted somebody with an MDiv, and I don't have an MDiv. And so I was talk like, about well, how God made a way for you, Sandra. Honey, Please talk away. Oh <laughs> Lord, yes, God made a way. Yeah. And so, as a matter of fact, when we were talking, I was like, I'm not gonna apply. I don't have an MDiv. So one of the finalists asked me, she said, you know, can I ask you why you didn't apply? You know, and I said, I don't have an MDiv. And she said, that's a shame because they obviously are looking for someone just like you. And I said, you know, okay, that's God speaking to me. And so I wrote to uh, leadership and I said, you know, I don't have an MDiv, but 
I have this, 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 and I've done this, this, and that. Can I apply? And so they said, sure, you know, why don't you apply? And so I applied and here I am. I mean, it's just God opening doors, just, uh, you know, because, and I remember recently before that I had heard about a white man who had applied for something that, I mean, he wasn't even half like prepared for. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to apply anyway. And I thought, okay, why don't I feel that way? Mm. You know, why don't I, mm. with a doctorate, mm -hmm. with years of mm -hmm. experience, mm -hmm. having been here a whole year, putting us through the pandemic, mm -hmm. when other seminaries were not doing anything in mm -hmm. their chapel and we were continuously doing things, mm. why is it that I did not feel like mm. I could be looked at as a you know potential candidate, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I just said, you know what? All those voices need to just get out of my head. And, um, you know, I was just going for it. So my interview was on the day of the insurrection, mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which I, it was funny because, uh, somebody that never, ever, ever texted me. Now, mind you, I was like, so about my interview. So I was like, you know, just practicing on some, my notes, et cetera, that I had taken my son knew. So he was there and I had told him, keep my phone. I don't want to have, you know, I don't want to see anything or anything. And then somebody that never, ever, ever, ever texts me, texted me, can you believe what's happening in the Capitol? And I was like, okay, I don't know what's happening in the Capitol. So I told my son, and he was like, I had told everyone to leave you alone, to not say anything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but the one person <laughs> that none of us expected, you know. Them to, gotcha yeah, there. so anyway, mm -hmm. but it was just, um, I mean, in, in the interview, we started with prayer on that, you know, about that. So anyway, it was just, I don't know, it was such a beautiful time to be with my colleagues. And then later on to hear the student um, support was also really, really important, you know, for me because their voice was important uh, in this process. So, yeah, so just, you know, it was amazing to get the call that, you know, when I, when they wanted to ask me if I wanted to take the position and I just... I'm still, I still can't believe it. And it's amazing. And it's so incredible. I'm, you know, I'm a Latina, I'm an indigenous, I'm a lay person and I have this, you know, great position and you're called and I'm called yeah. as all of us yeah, are, all we're us all are. called, Absolutely. but it's scary. You know, mm -hmm. it is scary to put your name out there for things. Mm -hmm. I know it is, it has been for me mm -hmm. for most of my life mm -hmm. in the Episcopal church. Cause I don't look like the average Episcopalian. You know, we see that all the time. And I see so many pictures that I'm like, oh, God, unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. <laughs> you know, I don't want to see this. But, you know, so, but yet we are here. We are important for God's mission. And so I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to God. So that was the thing that was in my belly. I wasn't wrong. So when you feel things, you know, it is God. It may not be exactly what you think. You know, but, you know, my prayer for many years now has been closed doors, closed doors for me. Don't, you know, because I love shiny things. So I'm going to go to all the little shiny things. So I want God to instead close doors so that I don't go where I'm not supposed to go. So during the pandemic, how um, were you able to convey that to students who were literally mm. behind closed doors mm. and could not get out? The whole country, the whole world has just been dealing with closed doors. Yes. Um, if you will, 
kind of speak to how how that's been for you and ministering to those students mm-hmm. and even now as we're starting to crack doors mm-hmm. open and for some some people are opening them wide open right. as if this has never been an issue as right. if the pandemic didn't ha- happen <laughs> how do you how do you speak to the one, one spirit mm-hmm. who's dealing with that now and in, in this whole notion of reemergence mm-hmm. how do we how do we reemerge how do we reclaim mm-hmm. how do we go forward? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Uh, during the pandemic, the thing, the cool thing is that you know, I had four amazing students, you know, helped in chapel and they were just from different stages of life, different uh, faith traditions. And so that was really cool because they, you know, they also had different friends that they invited to help lead chapels. And, and then I was able to hear also from them what they needed, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the biggest things in chapel have been, I want people to feel seen. Mm-hmm. I want them to feel um, like they belong and I want them to leave with hope. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm, I feel like we did that. We didn't always do it, you know, exactly what people needed. Uh, there were some times that even I was like, mm, <laughs> we need a little something else. But, right, right. but you know, but it, I, what I did love is that the community that was still being, you know, felt. I write, uh, I you know, during um, the school year, I write a weekly email where I try to, you know, give hope through quotes and through different things. And um, so I, I hope, and I have heard from students that that has helped them through. Um, I try to keep in contact with students, uh, either via social media or through emails, et cetera. Um, so that's really what, what has kept us all through. I think just knowing that they're not alone, that we're not mm-hmm. alone, mm-hmm. um, going now to in person, or like you said, opening up doors, I think I'm hoping that the church does not go back to being the way, you know, we've always been. And I hope that uh, we remember what it felt like to be alone and have some hope, you know, from someone, Uh, whether it was because, you know, somebody called them or somebody texted or the Zoom, you know, room, et cetera. That's what I'm hoping that we continue. And I'm still trying to think this through. And with my students soon, I will be talking with them about how do we continue with that you're not alone or if you choose to stay where you are or our international students who are Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. you know may not be able to come back Mm -hmm. yet Mm -hmm. you know how do we keep them um engaged and to just know Mm -hmm. you're we're thinking of you Mm -hmm. you know that's what we're posting our our chapels online or how what do we do so people don't feel disconnected again You know, uh, for mm-hmm. me, years ago, I was asking for a Zoom church wow. uh, because I travel a lot. Mm-hmm. I traveled a lot before, you know, before pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so I was not somewhere where I could just pick up and go to a church. So I wanted that, you know, Zoom experience where we could still see each other and I could still be a reader if I wanted to or a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of us were in the same place right Mm -hmm. so and of course i remember bringing this up in general convention you know the last one and people were like oh yeah that sounds cute but no thank you and then (laughs) told you y'all prophetic voice (laughs) prophetic voice (laughs) and uh but you know the one thing about our denomination though is you know how do we get our bishops 
and I guess our priests and, you know, clergy to really believe that we can go through that screen to even mm. bless the elements. You know, mm. how can we, because I think that's big for all of us, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah. So anyway, so that's what I'm thinking about a lot, especially with union with different religions also, you know, how do we continue to grow as one um but also know that we're we're all in different places and spaces in our own minds. Um, and how do we, you know, how can I be um, receptive to that? And, you know, I know that, you know, we're called to be all things to all people, but how do we really do that? I think that's difficult. We are back and I just enjoy so much this conversation. I had fun as I listened to Sandra. I learned so much about her faith, being a lay person, how she responds to her call. And most of all, I think um, I'm always thankful that she, she has so much strength to continue to challenge us, to be better Christians, to be a better church. And she not only challenges us, but she offers solutions and she shows us how, how to do all this with her example. Exactly. She leads with her example. I find comfort in knowing that the students at Union, as well as our church, will be better because of her presence and her ministry. Before we end this episode, I would also like to let our listeners know that we only have three more episodes left. I can't believe it. We'll be releasing the second part of Sandra's conversation with us, and then we'll only have two more conversations with some amazing guests. Please get ready. It's coming. Yes. Please get ready. We are really excited. We hope that you will find the next interviews as interesting, challenging, and transforming as they have been for us. And also, if you have, if you speak Spanish, if you have friends who speak Spanish, we are going to have three episodes in Spanish once we end the English episodes will start with our Spanish episodes and actually the first one of those conversations will be with Dr. Sandra but in Spanish so get ready for that and get ready for all the surprises that are coming at Faith from the Margins. We'll see you next week. Take care. Mm-hmm.